0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. For five days, today's the last day, I've been teaching on the balance of the gifts of the Spirit and the Word of God in a local church service. Pastors, today I'm telling you, take the lead. Operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but also teach your people how they also can operate in the gifts of the Spirit and come to that New Testament church God has designed. Let's go to the Word of
1: God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to
0: Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. This is number five in a series I've been teaching throughout the week on the uh, balance of the gifts of the Spirit and the Word of God in a church service. And uh, sometimes we see churches that go to one extreme or the other. Some will have a lot of the gifts, very little the word of God, and they're there to see people get healed and all the manifestations there. But again, that's fine. But what we really need and what the real purpose of church is for is for the teaching and preaching of the word of God. This is what brings stability into their lives. And so what God is simply saying, there must be a proper balance of this. And what we've been taking up for the past four days is this, is that really, a service that is correct will have a a number of gifts to of spirit but you are to limit them and there really is no no limit to the amount of word of God that you can teach in a church service because whatever the gifts will do, that they themselves are only for a time period. The word of God is eternal, but the gifts of the Spirit and all that is temporary. What I mean by that is what the gifts will accomplish: healing, and you know, a meeting of a need, a word that you need in season. All that will be over by the time you die. I mean, if you if you get healed and it goes all the way through till the time of your death, even then it's gone. But what you have born again and and receiving Jesus is eternal. Then after that, the understanding of the word of God is also eternal. And that's why that's the most important thing of all. That's what brings stability also in this life and also brings rewards in heaven. I don't think there's a reward in heaven for being healed of cancer, although that's wonderful. We all shout and rejoice when it happens. But isn't it interesting? The angels don't shout and rejoice when you're healed of cancer. They shout and rejoice when one sinner repents. And then after that, I think God is the one who rejoices whenever you start to grow in the Word of God, because that's what growth is. And the Lord delights to see us grow up in Him to where He can go and take care of others. We become responsible within ourselves to go to the Word of God, pray, and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is what's taught in the teaching of the Word of God in the congregation. But we don't want to, again, come back to the point where on the other side, we have all the Word of God. We have no gifts of the Spirit. There must be both present, and this is what makes a successful church service. This is found in uh, chapters 12, 13, and 14 of the book of 1 Corinthians. Chapter 12 is a listing of the gifts of the Spirit in verses 7 through 11, but then After that, in chapter 13, we get down to the basis of why we wanna operate the gifts of the Spirit and its love, not for self-centeredness, but to be a blessing to other people. This is why we wanna operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is why anyone should want to, uh, to, to, you know, witness for Jesus, uh, to bring up disciples is because you love people more than yourself and you're not out to get a name for yourself. Sadly though, when people start to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, many become self-centered. They're out to build their own ministry, wanna brag on the fact that they can prophesy. When none of that is true, let everything be done decently and in order and for the edification of everybody else, the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit in a church service. That's tongue, interpretation of tongue, and prophecy are the main ones used in a church service. All of those are for edification, to build up the congregation, and not to build up the one giving it, but to build up the ones that are receiving it in the congregation. So this is why we have it again. So the balance of those two are there, and predominantly this is what we've been saying for the past four days. Predominantly, the gifts of the Spirit should be limited, but the Word of God should be unlimited, and we have most of the time for that. Again, I pointed out even yesterday, there are services where the Holy Spirit can just simply tap the pastor on the shoulder and say, look, we're going to have a time of healing today. The people need this. There's a lot of people in need today, so we're going to take this service and dedicate it to the flow of the Holy Spirit, and the working of miracles, gifts of healings, utterance gifts, people uh, praying over each other. Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. This is what we're gonna dedicate this service to. And the congregation loves it, but the point of it is you have to get back next time because the word of God needs to be taught in the congregation. There should be always an over Uh, balance compared to the gifts of the spirit of the word of God in the church service, because that's the main reason we come. And Paul has brought this out. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, but that's in his private life. He says, but in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. He's simply saying again, that has to be limited when it comes to the gifts of the spirit because the word of God is what's important. And that teaching of the word of God will stick with them for a long time, especially when the Holy Spirit anoints that. And even preaching can end up being prophesying in certain sections and portions of the offering where the Holy Spirit really uses it and dramatically impacts the people. And I can tell you, as pastor for many years. There's times when I knew the Holy Spirit was taken over. I was receiving things from him while I was preaching. I didn't study had never put two or three points together like the Holy Spirit did in that sermon and knew it was for certain people. And people would often say, that's one of the best sermons we've ever heard. Well, it wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit that made that sermon one of those great sermons. So let's get to uh, chapter 14, because in chapter 14, we now take chapter 12, the gifts of spirit, the operation of love and pull it all together. And if you're really gonna operate in love, and take a look at the nine gifts of the Spirit, then three of them stand out as one where you disappear in the background and everybody else gets to be blessed tremendously uh, above all the others, and that is, Tongue to be interpreted, then the interpretation of that tongue, or prophecy, which is equivalent to tongue and interpretation of tongue. And this is all brought out in chapter 14. I don't have time to get into every verse. I wish I did. But I can tell you this after this, I hope it whets your appetite to go and study chapter 14. This really strongly is directed toward pastors and what I'm about to teach. But also, listen to me, if you have a church that occasionally operates in the gifts of the Spirit, occasionally has time, or you think there should be more, and you don't have any at all, yet you consider yourself to be a Spirit-filled church, why don't you go to your pastor and ask him, because probably what you'll end up is the pastor says, well, these things can cause division, and bring it to their to attention that chapter 14 of the book of First Corinthians deals with this issue of how important the gifts of the Spirit are in a church service. Why? Even though we might only have three, it so impacts the people during that time. And I think, honestly, wakes them up for the teaching of the Word of God, which follows after that. Praise and worship can do this, but also the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this also. If you've ever noticed in a church service, it seemed like whenever a tongue or interpretation or a prophecy comes, it's usually right after the praise and worship. Why? Because praise and worship gets us all focused on the, the, the greatness of the Lord on his majesty as we worship him and praise him. And when that starts to die down, then it's like we have been praising God for 20 minutes. We've been telling him how wonderful he is for 20 minutes. And then he, listen... What's wrong with him wanting to speak back to us? We've done all the speaking. Now he wants to talk back to us. And during that, that time, whenever the praise and worship dies down, it's usually when you'll hear somebody give a tongue, give an interpretation of tongue or a prophecy. And there's times when people tell them, well, this is all just choreographed. You know, we just do this because we do it every time. Oh, I can always tell you when the gifts of the Spirit come, well, what's wrong with that being predictable? What's wrong with the Holy Spirit being predictable? I mean, whoever said the word of God, that the Holy Spirit has to be totally surprising. You never can count on him. He always comes when he wants to. And that's just some old Pentecostal tradition because the Holy Spirit wants to come to a place where you recognize his presence. You know how to flow with him. He knows how to flow with you. And especially in a church service, after we have spoken to God for 20 minutes and praised him in song, then he wants to come and speak to us. And that's when he tells us how much he loves us, how much he cares for us. And those words of edification begin to come. And oftentimes it's right during that time also, that the pastor may say, is there any sick? Come on up here, we're gonna pray for you and have a time of prayer before the preaching of the word of God. So again, this is very important, but talk to your pastor and ask him and then simply say to him, well, pastor, you know, I'm here. I'd I'd like to operate in that. I'm not here to steal your church service. I'm not here to come and promote myself, but I would love to be used in that and then talk to the pastor about perhaps setting up a class where if he says it gets carried away, then tell at, tell him, talk to us about what you want. Because listen, you're the pastor and we trust you to hear from the Holy Spirit even above us. But when we hear from the Holy Spirit, is it all right to have a certain time? Tell us what the guidelines are And pastors, here's what the guidelines are, beginning in verse 26 down through verse 33 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It now says, as Paul is speaking to the congregation, How is it then, brethren? Whenever you come together, each one of you has a psalm, a teaching, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. I want you to notice this is the first time in this verse of the scripture, the word let is brought out. We've, I've taught this on this before in the past few days, but in case you missed it, can you tell me what the word let means? It means allow. It could be qu- quoted this way, allow all things to be done for edification. It's speaking to someone. I've asked this before, to congregations. Who's he speaking to here? And almost everybody says, to the congregation. No, he's speaking to someone who influences the congregation. This should be the pastor. The pastor should be the one who's taught the people. Every time we come together, There may be something from the Holy Spirit, not always, but be prepared because this verse says, whenever you come together, each of you can have a psalm, a tongue, a teaching, a revelation, interpretation, but then the next thing is that let all things be done for edification. The first thing is don't get on your high horse and think this is all about you. It is not about you. It is about the fact that God is honoring you to use you to bless the rest of the congregation. Verse 27, if anyone, this is in the congregation, speaks in a tongue tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn let one interpret." He says, if there's going to be tongue interpretation of tongue or prophecy, let it be two or at the most three. What he's saying here, these are only guidelines. These are not steadfast rules. He didn't say absolutely two and no more. He said, let there be two. Okay, maybe once in a while three, but each one in turn, don't interrupt each other and then let one interpret. Let one interpret after each one or possibly let one interpret all three if all three are in tongues. It says in verse 28, but if there is no interpreter, still speaking to the congregation, let him keep silent in church. If you know there's no one there that can interpret and you can't interpret, then again, it says, let him stay silent in the church and let him speak to himself and God. This again, let, 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 it's all coming down to, there needs to be an instructor and the instructor needs to be the pastor of the church to instruct his people on proper church order. Because this chapter ends with this phrase, let everything be done decently and in order And everything also includes the gifts of the Spirit, not just the preaching of the word of God, not just the announcement, not just praise and worship, but also a time period for the people to also be used by the Holy Spirit, not just the praise and worship leader, not just the pastor, but showing the importance how the pastor trusts the congregation to do this. Then it says in verse 29, let two or three prophets, that's in the congregation again, speak. That's if prophets are present. And let the others judge. That means the congregation should judge what they say by the word of God. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. This is speaking to the prophets again, that if a prophet gives something, It says in the, another prophet again sits by, don't interrupt each other. Let the first one keep silent. And now you give the word for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as it is in all the churches of the saints. What he's saying here again is the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. It's the same way with you. Don't stand up and say, I couldn't help this. The Holy Spirit told me I got to give it. No, no, you have control over it. The Holy Spirit will not grab your mouth and make you speak it. You have control over it. If two or three have already been given, then you keep silent and figure out maybe what the Holy Spirit's given me is for someone individually. I'll wait on the Holy Spirit to open up the right time for it. With
1: all of this, I'll see you right after the break. The new birth is an inward work of the Holy Spirit, but when a believer becomes filled with the Holy Spirit, there is an outward display. In these 32 MP3 audio lessons by Pastor Bob Yandian, the ministry and gifts of the Holy Spirit are explored in detail, along with their appropriate use inside and outside of the local church. Lesson titles include A Gift of Power, A Word in Season, Gifts of the Spirit, Spiritual Gifts in the Church, THE GIFTS AND CALLINGS OF GOD, THE UTTERANCE GIFTS, THE PROPHET AND THE APOSTLE. THE GIFTS OF THE SPIRIT USB FLASH DRIVE CAN BE USED ON ANY COMPUTER, MP3 PLAYER, SMARTPHONE, TABLET, OR CAR STEREO THAT IS EQUIPPED WITH A USB CONNECTION. TO ORDER GIFTS OF THE SPIRIT, VISIT OUR WEBSITE AT BOBBYENDIAN.COM. JOHN 1-1 SAYS, IN THE BEGINNING WAS THE WORD, AND THE WORD WAS WITH GOD, AND THE WORD WAS GOD. Without the Word of God, our lives would be unstable and without direction. There would be no hope for believers or, for that matter, the entire world. In this seven-part series, Pastor Bob Yandian emphasizes and explains the vital necessity of the Word of God in the life of every believer. Sermon titles include, A More Sure Word of Prophecy, The Inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God's Reputation, The Wisdom of God's Word, the Merchandise of Wisdom, Wisdom, Riches, and Honor, and Jesus, Our Wisdom. To order, go to bobbyandian.com. Bobby Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on partnership. With that word let that has appeared over and over
0: again, let it be two at the most three, let one speak, with all the word let, which means allow, it simply comes down to this. Paul is speaking to the pastor. All this may be ultimately secondhand addressed to the congregation, but first of all, he's speaking to the pastor to instruct the congregation in all of this. It comes back to this. Does God want the gifts of the Spirit? Yes. Can people get carried away with it? Yes. There needs to be somebody who can bring the thing back into order. Like I said, the last verse has said, let everything be done decently and in order. And this is part of the order that should be part of the church service. So Paul is speaking to the pastor, the one who lets, the one who allows, and a pastor must first instruct before he can allow. Pastors, trust your people to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, but direct them. You divert from your message at the Holy Spirit's leading. If you can hear, then trust your people and teach them that you trust them to hear. Here's the point. If you're gonna, if you want the gifts of the Spirit to operate in your church, meet with people who are interested and know they can be used by the Holy Spirit. Bring them in and tell them the first thing is we're not here to build you a ministry. You're not here to take this and tell other people and brag on the fact that you gave an utterance in tongues. You are here for the edification of everybody else. You are simply a tool an instrument of God that He is using at the moment to bless other people. And he could have chosen anybody. Just be happy he chose you. And when you feel that little tug or that little push on the inside of you and a thought comes to your mind and you know it's the Holy Spirit, then wait for the proper time. Don't just interrupt everybody else. There's nothing worse than a service where all of a sudden people are interrupting everyone else because they say, I had to say this, the Holy Spirit gave it to me. The Holy Spirit is not an interrupter. He's a perfect gentlemen. And listen, if he knows how to wait, then you need to know how to wait. And it's not the fact that you're directing the Holy Spirit. He's directing you. So pastors, meet with all those in your church. Call for a meeting and say, I'm interested in the gifts of the Spirit. We want them to operate Is found here in this verse of Scripture. And I'll tell you what, I want to meet with all of you who are interested in being used by the Holy Spirit or have been used in other churches by the Holy Spirit for tongue, interpretation of tongue, or prophecy. I'd like to meet with you and then tell them what you want. Again, figure out how you want things done decently and in order. And on top of that, and be sure and tell them if you're ever out of order, I may interrupt you or I may wait until you're through and then tell the congregation there was something that wasn't correct about that. And on top of that, if I do that, I want you to suck it up and not get mad at me for doing it. I'm here for the good of the entire congregation, not just you. I remember there's one time one lady stood up and I mean, she started out and she said, Jesus is like Santa Claus. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know? And she went on, he gives to the good kids and not to the bad kids and and God wants you to be good. And I had to stop her interrupt her. I said, folks, Jesus is not like Santa Claus. Jesus is real and Santa Claus is a myth. And I said, Santa Claus is all built around works, not around the grace of God. And so I did that, but and, and when it was all through, I said, the one that gave that, I love you, but I said, this is simply not in line with the word I'm doing this. You should have heard the people's like, ah, thank you. They were grateful someone was watching out so that this thing wouldn't go to excess because oftentimes you're so fearful of losing that one person when if you don't take care of that one person, you might lose a whole lot of other people instead of that one. You can sacrifice the one if they won't listen to you, if they're built up in pride and they're trying to build their own ministry. In fact, you might invite them to leave and go to somebody else's church. So again, I did that and that lady came to me later and I mean, she apologize and say, you know, I never thought about that. I thought I'd heard from the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, thank you for coming. And I prayed with her over this. You know what? She was used later on, but she watched herself more clearly and watched herself more precisely. So meet with everybody interested in being used by the Holy Spirit pastors, give them guidelines, not to be self-centered, but to be a blessing. That's what they're there for. And when all of it's said and done, all the glory goes to God, not to you that gave the word. Teach the people to trust themselves and to hear from the Holy Spirit too, and teach them if I can hear from the Holy Spirit, praise and worship leader can hear from the Holy Spirit, you can too, because you know what? You've got the same salvation I do. You have the same Holy Spirit I do. You have the same word of God that I do. Verse 26 of this says this, whenever you come together, you know what this verse is saying? All services should be open to the Holy Spirit. This might include where, you know, where there's a Sunday school class going on and someone might have a word from the Lord. That's fine, trust the leadership of the class. Even though pastors, you may not be there. You have instructed the teachers that are in those classes. There's possibility someone may give a word from the Lord, but here's what to look for. And don't be afraid teachers to step in if something's wrong, that won't happen very often, but it's a possibility it might. And so all services should be open to the Holy Spirit because again, notice what it says in verse 26, whenever you come together, So especially Sunday morning, since this is when most of the visitors come and there may be unbelievers there. And that's when possibly the Lord will give a tongue before the interpretation, because it says later on this chapter that tongues are assigned to the unbeliever. When Peter was out there preaching to those crowds, what arrested their attention. We do hear them speak in our own dialects. The languages of which we came for, it it said, and they gave thanks well. That's what they said. They're giving thanks well. Well, as soon as that was over, then Peter preached the gospel in a known language, and they received some 3,000 of them. The point of it all comes back to this. In a church service, if there's a tongue given, and then the interpretation, you can pretty much bank on there's probably a sinner present. That's why you tell your people be very... Good to hear the Holy Spirit. Is He giving you a tongue, first of all, to speak in tongues, or is He asking you to give it as a prophecy? Because a prophecy is equivalent to giving it in tongues, then given the interpretation. But again, that's what it's for. Verse 26 goes on to say, Let all things be done for edification. Here's what you instruct your people on. You are here to lift up and bless other people. Again, three things come from tongue, interpretation of tongue of prophecy, edification, exhortation, something that you exhort. Some thought from the word of God is given to them, such as in all these situations, give thanks. And something flows around that. So in the midst of your problems, give thanks. Edification, that builds up people. Exhortation, that's a slight teaching. This is not a teaching of the word of God. It's a, it's, it's a, uh, Emphasis on a thought from the word of God, something that people need for the moment, edification, exhortation, and comfort, where people are distraught, not knowing what to do in the midst of chaos in their life, chaos in their family, chaos in their business, uh, sickness coming on them, not knowing what to do, Uh, times where you're confused. This is what happens. You bring that comfort to them from the word of God. You may think you're alone, but God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Everyone coming into the service can have something, but it's not necessary to give it. That's why the pastor sets the limit. Let it be two at the most three. If it's short, if it's the time constraints and the numbers allowed, that's what you're looking for. Will it edify? Will it exhort? Will it comfort? Tell your, those, tell those that you're instructing, this is what needs to be for these three. Could it be for an individual for later? Think about this. If you don't have an opportunity, don't get upset with God. Don't, you know, don't go around yelling, well, I had something and then people didn't have it and the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit will not barge in and make a, a, uh, make an example out of you or suddenly interrupt everybody else because the Holy Spirit doesn't interrupt. If you didn't get to give it, hang on to it. I told you the story before, but there was a man in the church, and when he came to church, he thought he had a word from the Lord. He said, I knew the Holy Spirit was telling me that, but all three were given, and I didn't, ha-. and he said, I was upset. I thought, well, why would you give me something, Holy Spirit? And there, and I didn't give a chance to, to give it, and he said he walked out and was head toward his car, and there was somebody there, and they talked to him that for a month. They said, listen, I've got to, re- would you help me He said, and what the Holy Spirit had given him was for this person, not for the entire congregation. Hang on to it. You don't know when it's going to come. But one thing about it is the Holy Spirit will not blindly lead you into something and then not see it come to pass. So it comes back to this, examine, weigh what you have been given before you give it out and again, examine it by the word of God or examine it in your heart. And after a while, here's what happens. you It happens to you so often, you now know when it's the Holy Spirit and when it's not. In the beginning, you might have question marks, but the point of it is, does it line up with the word? Well, it bless people? You say, yeah, but that might've been me that thought of that. No, you're too dumb to think of it. It has to be the Holy Spirit that would give you a specific thought. And when you give it, and then again, pastors, whenever a word is given, ask the congregation, how many of you that was a blessing to you? How many of that ministered to you? And I can tell you this, probably 30, 40% of the hands are going to go up. And that is a confirmation also to the person who gave it to say, thank you, Jesus, man, I was used to bless those people. Verse 27 and 28 says that tongues and interpretation should be limited. Let the number of people giving a tongue be two or at the most three. And that's how many uh, messages you also have two at the most three. Let one interpret for all of them or different one for each. It doesn't need a second interpretation. No, just one for each. So it can be one for each or just one person for all three. There has also to be a total of three in combination. If it's a prophecy or a tongue and interpretation of tongue, still there's just three of them that is to be given because why? We are here for the main thing of all. And all this really is preparation for the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. It says each in turn. What does this mean? Wait your turn. Don't interrupt The Holy Spirit doesn't interrupt himself. The service is being conducted by the Holy Spirit. Why would he have you interrupt him? Wait for silence. Again, like I said, usually after worship, before you speak out. If you have a tongue and not sure there is an interpreter, then keep silent. Pray for the interpretation or give the utterance as a prophecy. These are all taught in those verses of scripture. Verse 39 and 40 simply says this as we come to the close of this. Therefore, brethren, these are the pastors, desire earnestly to prophesy. You know what that says? You take the lead. Don't have them all do it. When you're also the leader of this church, you can prophesy. You can take the lead and do not forbid the people to speak with tongues. Allow, let all things and that includes spiritual gifts and the teaching of the word be done decently and in order. In these two verses, pastors should take the lead in the gifts, especially prophecy. Set an example to the congregation. You step out and not only teach them what to do, show them what to do, then encourage them to step out in services following as the Holy Spirit prompts them. And just as today, in the days of the early church, pastors were fearful of tongues, saying it would cause divisions. So there's really nothing new. And the Lord is simply saying it won't cause divisions if you explain what's going on. That's why the word let is there continually, continually, continually. Let, 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 allow, 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 which you know what that means behind it. Teach, teach, teach. That's how you let, that's how you allow. And so again, it comes back to this. It's all right to make this applicable to your people. I've seen in large churches that this happens, that there's a group of people up front maybe two or three, and they're called, you know, in one church, they were called gatekeepers. But if you have a a word from the Lord, come and talk to them first. And that way they can give you a microphone, because in large churches, it's hard for one person to be heard above everybody, and they bring to the front. And it's just, it's wonderful how it's kept in order. And I mean, when they come up there and tell somebody, the person says, well, yeah, that's that's great. Go ahead and give it. And then listen, pastors, after the utterance gifts are used, explain, explain, explain explain from scripture, show them what was going on, and again, tell them what happened in the church. And then last of all, it's our right to begin your service and end it on time. People love it when churches end on time. Your people appreciate starting on time and ending on time. Well, with all that, with all that covered, guess what? This has been great, I've enjoyed teaching you on this, and I expect to hear from church pastors and church attenders. Our church just took a whole new step up in the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our church. I'll see you next time.
1: You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.